Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back to another episode. Thank you for coming back. We appreciate that. If you could do us a favor, please share this podcast with a friend. I'd like to get a, a few more listeners on the show. Uh, we've been growing steadily. We're almost at our one-year point. A couple of weeks, we'll have a, a one-year anniversary show. Uh, even though I think I just notified Mike about that right now while we're talking. Yeah, true uh, story. <laughs> Thank you. But we'll figure we'll... Uh, We'll do something for, at the very least, we'll call it an annual, the one-year show. Yeah, we have to. Like, <laughs> and it's not going to be some garbage-like clip show, because uh, they suck, and we don't know how to do that. Right. <laughs> That's way too much work, whereas us sitting here for about an hour talking, a lot less work yeah. than trying to splice a lot of shows together. So you'll get the same regular show, but we're going to call it something special. It'll just be this, well, it'll be a party. Right. Here. With the two of us. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe we'll have a guest. Who knows? We could. Never know. Uh, we'll figure something out for that. Uh, but yeah, we're almost, we're almost on a year. Uh, luckily we, we're, we have a, a nice, uh, sponsor for the show, private internet access, get your VPN today, go to www.dumbideapodcast.com. Click on the private internet access link on the right hand side, protect your data, protect your, your browsing history from prying eyes with a VPN at, uh, at, at with private internet access. Uh, as little as two fifty a month. So, enough about that. We're going to talk about the big topic right now with the uh, Russia and Ukraine war going on. And it's tough to decide where to start because for a lot of people, and if you were to listen to the news, mainstream media, which we know has probably lost a whole lot of credibility, the mainstream media would lead you to believe this war started about a month ago. However, events leading up to this war, probably with the initial agreement that kind of set boundaries in that area, started around after World War II between the Soviet Union and Stalin. Stalin was World War II, right? Yeah. Okay, Stalin and the Allies. Yeah, when they kind of divided up Europe... And well, yeah. it kind of fell like where the battle lines kind of fell, like as far as the, the Russians advanced. And that was kind of the race towards the end of the Second World War was to tr try to move as far west because they, they knew the next uh, enemy was going to be the Soviet Union. So they were trying to move as far east as they could. And the Russians were trying to move as far west as they could. And that's kind of where it stopped. So Poland was in, and East Germany, all that was in the Soviet sphere of influence and became, ultimately became Soviet states now, or satellite states. Now, I believe that Ukraine was an actual state of this. So you, if you look at the old maps of the Soviet Union, so you had the USSR, which was Soviet Union proper. Then you had the satellite states, and the satellite states were Poland, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Yugoslavia were all um, satellite states. However, Ukraine was a was Ukraine SSR, so it was it was actually part of the, if I'm understanding correctly, part of the Soviet Union. Kind of like like when the United States, we have like Illinois. Yes, yeah. it's, it's part of and within the United States of America. I think Ukraine was part of yes the Soviet Union, yeah. which is, was a conglomerate of states. Yeah, um, yeah. It, and I believe the agreement was basically that um, you know, the, the the Western Allies wouldn't go further east. Stalin wouldn't try and go further west. That would, those were the lines. The, the, this was the the sphere of influence that they would have. And then eventually, of course, uh, jump up into the eighties. Soviet Union collapses. So now you've got these former states in the, of the Soviet Union become independent republics, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Ukraine, Belarus were SSR. They were part of it. And then 
as was Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. And they became, they were no longer part of the Soviet Union or part of Russia. They became now their own states. The other satellite states, which were, you know, Poland became its own country. Um, East Germany and West Germany reunified. And then you had um, Hungary, state Hungary. Czechoslovakia split into uh, Czech Republic and Slovakia, and then you had Yugoslavia, which broke up into a whole bunch of stuff, and then they fought each other for a while too in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, that was so they kind of let that part of the of Europe kind of just go to war. Yeah, and we got involved with that too. I mean, there was that was back when Clinton was in office, and and you had um, I can't I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, eventually got tried for war crimes. I think. Oh, Slobodan Milosevic. Yes, that guy. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of issues in that part of the world um, for a while, and they seem to have calmed down a little bit, but there's still a lot of ethnic ten- tension over there. Yeah. Um, and where are we going with this? We're basically saying, look, there there is history that leads up to what's happening now. Um, but essentially when that, when that happened with the breakup of the Soviet Union, part of the deal with the United States was that you know, NATO was already in full swing at the time. Um, the deal was like, look, we're we're gonna allow this to break up. We could we could keep it together by force, for R- Russia could. But our economy's collapsing. We we just we don't like everyone knew that they were kind of shot at that point. But they still had the nuclear arsenal. They still had the military. They might not be able to, you know, fill gas tanks, but they had the apparatus there to at least make that threat. Yeah, and. The U.S. and, and NATO said, "Okay, you know, w- we won't expand eastward towards you," um, and that's how, so. That's how some of those Soviet states became states. And but as time went on, more, we kept moving more eastward, and the European Union also moved eastward. Mm-hmm. And you know, Russia was like, "Okay, okay." Yeah, they were like it's kind of like they were getting punched on the chin a little bit. They weren't knockout blows. It was like little body blows here and there. Let most of it go. Go back to 2014. All right, now we're now we're at 2014. Ukraine has been flirting with NATO membership and a little bit to the extent of EU membership. EU membership was never going to happen though. If they try to go full blown EU membership, it would have probably set off the war that is now. But because the threat was there, that's when Russia went and invaded Crimea. And the reason that what they went and got Crimea was because there's a large naval Russian naval base mm-hmm. on Crimea. It also gives them access to the Mediterranean Sea, which gives them access to the Atlantic, the Atlantic Ocean. And the other thing that you know, if if you look at if you look at just a map of Russia, you go, oh well, they have a whole northern coast. Well. A lot, most of the, especially in the winter months, six months of the year, it's all frozen. It's all frozen. So yep. those those ports aren't very good. Yep. Then the other port would be on the far east coast of Russia at Vladivostok. But imagine trying to be a global power, but you really only have direct access to one ocean. Well, don't forget, a lot of their population is in the western part of that country. Yes, it's not on. It's not over by China and Japan. No, I mean. Th- Russia's huge, right? And one thing people don't forget is in World War One and World War Two, Russia lost a lot of uh, childbearing uh, men. Mm-hmm. Not childbearing men can't bear children, but you know what I mean. Men that can produce some children. Yeah, a lot of them got got whacked off in the wars, mm-hmm. like a lot, millions. Yeah, and then let's not forget Stalin's purges and Lenin's right. purges and yes. killing people left and right, and then yeah. you had a. The uh, the Bolshevik Revolution in there, and they weren't exactly nice to one another during that time. Yeah. So where you, whereas you had China was growing their population because because one could say because of those two wars, Russia didn't have the population growth that they needed to sustain such a large country. That was one of their issues. Um. So when when NATO was moving eastward toward their border, to them that was a break of the agreement that they had made with Russia like hey you made this agreement 
and you're you're flirting with it or you and for the most part europe was like well they get a lot of their their oil supplies from russia through ukraine mm-hmm. and so they were there were there was that kind of battle going on there plus ukraine has some uh natural gas deposits that are very valuable um i think hunter biden knows a thing or two about those so yeah they're, they're maybe <laughs> they're <laughs> So well, now we're at 2014. You know, we're talking about the Crimea invasion. Uh, they essentially secure Russian essentially secures their naval base in Crimea, assuring that they have access to the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean. And what wasn't really said was like they they only went to Crimea and stopped. They didn't do anything else. Well, little did a lot of people know they kind of went into the the eastern part of ukraine yeah there are two there are two eastern i guess states or area regions of ukraine that would be ethnically russian yep more so than ukrainian but i think and that's when well we probably remember when uh the the singapore airlines um that triple seven got shot down Mm -hmm. over you know it got shot down with a buk service air missile and the Russians like, oh, it wasn't us. It was, you know, we, come on, guy. Like, <laughs> it's it's not some guy. That aircraft was at thirty nine thousand feet. It's not something that like some someone with a stinger can launch off of his shoulder. Like right. that system. Re, like those. There's a there's a there's three vehicles that go with it. It's the launch vehicle, and then there's a power unit, and then there's an actual command. Like they sit in a little booth and that's how like with a radar dish like it's pretty complex like yeah. you couldn't park one in your garage no it's yeah. like catch, catch your kid with his hand in the cookie jar and he's saying he's pulling the shaggy defense yeah it wasn't me yeah. you're like come on dude really <laughs> come on man yeah i see you doing it it's, this isn't me yeah i don't know what you're talking uh, about yeah hmm, me no. <laughs> but so <laughs> i love how we refer to that defense as the shaggy yeah. defense by the way yeah maxine waters did it <laughs> right. that wasn't me there's yep. a video of you <laughs> no, nope not me <laughs> um, so essentially so now they got those the, the those two provinces i'll call them provinces they're basically stakes inside ukraine yeah, one is donetsk and i forget what the other one's name is yeah lunetsk and donetsk yeah. are, but it's all part of the dunbass region yeah that's dumb i know that part um so now and and then with that, with those lines kind of set, and at this time you still have a president that's mo- that favors Russia more than the West. But he, the guy's playing a balancing act. I believe his last name was Yanukovych. Mm-hmm. He's trying to appease Russia because he's got a pipeline going through his country with Russian oil, and they're getting nice, some cheap uh, energy that way. Mm-hmm. But he's also trying to appease the West because he there was the idea of opening up their economy. Well, apparently he was leaning too heavily toward Putin and Russia. The West didn't like it. And that's when you saw the orange revolution, which was also when I guess they also call it the, the Maidan revolution Mm -hmm. or the might, they call it the Maidan coup, but there was a legit uprising of people though with the orange revolution that they didn't, they wanted the more Western lifestyle. Um, and there was a, 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 a civilian rising against that government. Um, and it's, I believe in the beginning, they just wanted new elections. Mm-hmm. Um, but they eventually, the guy wouldn't do new elections. So they eventually got him out. The United States played a very large role in the Maidan Revolution, or coup. I'll call it a coup. Um, the United States, and we've done this numerous times, we've funded opposition to a government. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I, I personally, I, I don't really, I don't understand why we meddle, but I understand why we meddle a little bit. It's all got to do with global uh peace i guess for the most part because i mean since world war ii there hasn't been large-scale war yeah there hasn't been <clears throat> at least among western nations true I there mean, hasn't been yeah you know large-scale shooting wars i guess the closest thing in europe was of like we talked about earlier was uh was um yugoslavia, yugoslavia yeah the breaker yeah and and that was 
But when you're talking Yugoslavia, you're not talking, you know, massive armies and modern equipment. It's, you know, they had they had some armors, but it wasn't it it was it wasn't the it wasn't like we're seeing right now. No. Um, and then of course all over the world, you know, in uh, the Middle East and and different regions, but it's still you're not talking massive armies clashing with, with one another. Right. So back on the timeline, we we help fund. The opposition group that helped overthrow the sitting president and the government. We funded some unsavory type people. Like we, kind of like we always do. Like when we funded the Mujahideen funding against Russia and Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. who later then became the Taliban. Yeah. Like we're not talking about funding the, the greatest humans on earth, right? We're, we're funding the enemy of our enemy as our friend. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's what we're funding. And that's essentially what happened here. Some people in the media are, are blowing it. Well, basically saying we led to the rise of neo Nazis in the Ukraine. Yes, they they are neo Nazis. They're actually I don't know if they're neo Nazis or Nazis, but they're in that sphere. Yeah. Uh, at least the militant part of that of of the Ukraine armed forces. Um, they actually they wear a patch, mm-hmm. identifying themselves as Nazis. Well, you know, and the thing is, when the when the Germans rolled through Ukraine, um at that time they were seen as liberators right and they went right with uh like they pretty much turned and just joined the germans right. and um i'm not saying everybody i don't know to that extent but it was like they were like you know they were ukrainians fighting in with the with the wehrmacht and you know against the russians yeah my point of saying that is it's not that the u.s was like oh let's go support some nazis we love nazis that like they're they're basically supporting the group fighting against what they don't want. Mm-hmm. They didn't want that Russian backed government, and these were the people fighting. So these are the people that they funded. Yeah. Not that they love their ideology. It was a matter of okay, we'll, let's get rid of this guy and we'll deal with the next group later. Mm-hmm. All right. So new government's installed. Russia's pissed right now. Absolutely pissed. Because to them, this was us moving east. Mm-hmm. This this wasn't Ukraine uprising. It was the United States basically overthrowing a government that was elected by the people of Ukraine. Now, whether that's true, I don't know. I don't know whether the elections on the up and up. I don't really care. But that so that's how we got to okay. Russia's pissed at us from 2014, and now Russia goes into Ukraine, basically trying to write in their mind, right the wrong of 2014. Yeah. Um, by the way, that 2014 situation, you know, they just released phone calls from a United States ambassador to European allies, basically saying who they wanted to lead the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And that person ended up leading the Ukraine. Oh. And also, by the way, the current president's son, may or may not have been appointed to a uh, a, uh, a board position at the uh, petrochemical company mm-hmm. in the Ukraine. <laughs> when now said president was then vice president of those these United States. Yeah. Read what you want to into that. But that was all part of the whole uh, Hunter Biden laptop scenario that was suppressed until after the election of 2000 and... 20? Yeah. That, was that 21? 20? 20, right? Um, yeah, 20. It 20. Yeah, it was 20. Yeah, because um, that, that came out right before the election, and then it, everything got well suppressed it, on it. It came out in certain media. Yes. <laughs> be, like six months before the election. Mm-hmm. And then other media kind of gave, gave it a glancing story in November, like late November, early December. Yeah. To which... There was a poll done saying, hey, if you would have known this information before the election, would you still have voted for the current president? Yeah. And the answer was no. Right. And I think it was over 10% of the people said no, which would have been enough to flip the election. Yeah. But anyway, for me, though, like I know a lot of people are like, oh, he got a job because of his dad. A lot of people get jobs because of their dads. I'm sorry. like I'm not upset about that part of it yeah. at all. Like, look. 
dude's got a powerful dad. Mm-hmm. Dad got him a job on a board. We we've all, we all know that douchebag that is only there because his dad or father-in-law or somebody owns the company or you know is the guy brings nothing to the table. We we all know that person. I'm not like I'm not anti-nepotism. It's been going on since the dawn of time, and it will continue. Yes, I mean it's it's one of those things like you like if my when I when my daughters get older, if I have the opportunity to land them in a nice cushy job. Sure, shit, I'm gonna do it. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't get nepotism. Be damned. I don't. Well, you got your daughter's a job. Yes, I did. Yeah, absolutely. And you would do the same thing if, like, absolutely. So I I don't begrudge. And like, that's why I thought it was funny. Like when they're trying to hide it, don't hide it. Like every parent on this planet knows exactly why you did it. Yeah, and they don't begrudge you one bit. Mm -hmm. Some might be pissed that you didn't help out their kid too, but they're not. His kid. Right. You can only help you out help, so many. You help out your kid and people you know and love. Like, but, yeah. And so, I, people want to make a big deal out of that. I really don't care. People want to make a big deal of his transgressions. I don't care about that either. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect in this world. Don't start cleaning out other people's closets unless you're willing to look into yours. Yeah. So, but it is an interesting point to say, hey, <laughs> we funded a coup and then we, you know. Maybe you shouldn't have put him in place there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, put him, in, go get him, a, go get him a seat on like the MX board. You know what I mean? Like something safe, right? <laughs> like no, everyone knows that happens, and no one really cares about. Well, that. and I think the the big the big issue with with Hunter Biden is is then you know was he striking these deals essentially just peddling his dad's name? Yeah, and then how how involved in it was because there's all this stuff about like oh and that's the cut for the big man. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's where the problem comes in. Like, essentially, you're just, you know. I'll be honest with you, I'm not upset with that either. Oh, with the the well, here's the political kickbacks is essentially what we're talking about mm-hmm. there. And, I mean, do I think it should be happening? No, I, I think it's completely unethical to do that. But look, there's a reason why politics or going into politics is a job people look to go do when the when the uh, um on the book salary is so crappy oh yeah like anyone who's been in a position of power knows the headaches that come with that like you it's it's like almost like look at look at the stuff that your boss deals with at work mm-hmm. anybody and this is for anyone out there you look at the crap your boss has to deal with, with all the top-down crap. It's like, I mean, yeah, shit flows downhill. But if you got a good boss, that boss tries to stop as much of the shit as possible yeah. from flowing down to you. you. Deflect it, but divert it. Yeah, it's like a funnel of shit, and he's taking up all. He's the big part, and you're the little part. Yeah, and and then he's also taking your shit too. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and some of that shit's getting clogged and going yeah. back up into yeah. his fucking ass. Yeah, but, but it's just like. Those some of those jobs suck, and so if some of these people are getting some, you know, they're 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 enticing because of some of the kickbacks. Now, do I think it's right? No, I think it's complete crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I always, but I always equate it, and we've said this before. I've said it like equated to the mafia. Like everyone knows what you're doing. Yeah, but as long as you take care of your neighborhood. Those people don't care because the neighborhood's taken care of. Right. Everyone in the neighborhood's got a job that wants a job. Everyone, mm-hmm. no one's starving. Everyone's got food on their plate in the neighborhood. Yeah. Um. But when it gets to the point where you're taking, you know, taking all the bread, and you're just you're keeping it between your five people and everyone's everyone else in the neighborhood's going to starve. Mm-hmm. That's when I have the problem. Yeah. But that's a probably a little bit different podcast that we could do one day but yeah as far as like the ukraine goes i do find it a there's a lot of things to hit on here because now now we're in present day now we're at the war now now we're going i think it's comical though that all of the national news media all the major news outlets are pushing this narrative of the war started today Russia's the bad guy. Putin's a crazy animal, and that's it. 
without pushing it. And nobody pushes buttons. No one from right, and, and without, no pushing him to this. Yeah, and without talking about any of the any of the backstory. Now, right. when I look at the invasion, can can I still, based on what we just talked about, justify an invasion of another country? In my mind, no. Um, but you know, that's what what from his perspective now there's also some other things like trying to like psychoanalyze the guy and say you know he's trying to restore it's an ego trip and then he's trying to restore the old greatness of the soviet union because that's what he came up he was a kbg or uh, kgb officer yeah and that's how he came up and he looks back on the good old days when it was the soviet union and there was the parades and everyone was afraid of them. And there was, you know, that's like trying to, maybe he's trying to build that back. But um, through, uh, through invading Ukraine, but when you look at invading Ukraine, like, so like in the present situation, what does he get out of it? Yeah. So there's multiple things to hit on here. One, he, a lot of Russian presidents, are very nostalgic about the past when Russia was the great empire. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Stalin was very, very upset about was that the Allies did not help him on on that uh, eastern front of Russia mm-hmm. because there was a point in time when when Germany was getting fairly deep into Russia. Yeah, and he and he asked the allies, the Western allies, for help, and they did not help him. Mm-hmm. And so, it, 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 there was a point where if we didn't invade in Normandy and D Day, that and, and Germany had to force more assets that way, that maybe Russia would have collapsed at that time. Yeah. They, they were in some serious trouble. Yeah, so they were, but um, they had weather on the they had weather on their side was part of it because yeah. it came on to winter. And yeah, so the Russian winter really helped, and then the then the Germans when Hitler started making um, military decisions, that's when stuff really started going bad for for the uh, for the German army on the Eastern Front, and there were some so like the Battle of Kursk, which some people consider the turning point on the Eastern front, I believe was 1941, 42. So, you know, it happened pretty, uh, early on compared to the American involvement. Um, there was also Stalingrad, which was a disaster for the Germans, but had they listened? So von Pallas, who was the commander of, uh, I want to say it was German army group South, um, wanted to pull out of Stalingrad and say, Okay, let's establish our line here, and then once the weather clears, we'll continue our supplies and catch up. Because it's another thing: the German supply lines were stretched so thin because it's so vast. I don't think people understand how vast that part of the world is. <clears throat> um, well, and how much land they had taken? Yeah, I mean, France was gone. Yeah, and, and then you have to. The thing is, when you take that land, now you have to occupy it. Yeah, um, and they were using, you know, essentially they're they're called like reserve battalions. So there's a great book called Ordinary Men. Um, Ordinary Men talks about it's a it's the German Reserve Police Battalion, and essentially it was a bunch of older dudes that weren't quite good enough to be <clears throat> frontline soldiers, but ended up securing the rear areas. And they were the ones that really started. They were the ones that were tasked with rounding up Jews initially in the Holocaust. Um, and the story is about how they turn and how just regular guys who are like policeman or a banker or a shopkeeper or you know the milkman ended up doing these horrible things but that was all happening in the line so you've got troops like that in the back but still facing insurgencies in that in those mm-hmm. those rear areas not to mention the conditions at the front were awful now you've got uh the weather against you supply lines are stretched and then bad strategic and tactical decisions being made that you know essentially once that German army group was encircled. I think it was 300,000 soldiers yep. died or taken prisoner. I mean, that's a huge hit. All marched east to Siberia. Um, so, but yeah, Stalin was begging for a second front. Yeah. And, and, and so that, but so that's where a lot of the distrust of the West comes from Russia. And yeah. it's just, it's just pervaded through time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's always kind of been the the thing stopping full fledged war was nuclear weapons for the most part. Yeah. Um. So with that history there, yeah. Now now he's got a he's got a couple issues, and, and this was the other point I was going to hit on. Now, if if Putin doesn't succeed in Ukraine. I think he does more damage to Russia than if he would have just let them let uh, Ukraine join NATO. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately right now, people are kind of seeing the capabilities of the Russian military. Oh, it's garbage. And it looks awful. Yeah. The the weapons aren't up to date. Yeah. It's it's a paper tiger. Mm -hmm. It's it's um, so and I'm glad you mentioned because I've been really looking at how they have been performing i think a couple well, a couple of things came in one that i think the first of all the german the the russian soldiers <laughs> had been told it was a training mission they didn't know what they were doing and this is a dan crenshaw's podcast the other day and he brought up a great point it, the russian ukrainian relationship among the people he said it would be like if you were to take american soldiers and say okay go kill canadians and like they're just it's not going to compute they're so much like us how are we going to go like what do they do Right, and now they're going in there, and I mean, you're seeing in that forty mile convoy that has been running out of gas or stuck, and it's just a lot of it's just poor. Like they've got three lanes of travel they can use. Well, they had a column of three, so they're well. Then when they all run, when the when they all run out of gas at the same time, now you've got no way to get fuel from the rear up to the vehicles at the front to get it moving again. Yeah, and then the one thing that that Putin was waiting for was the was the permafrost to set in and now it's the rainy season so they're getting bogged down in the mud and a tank will get bogged down in the mud mm-hmm. um so that's happening to them it's the same thing that happened to the Germans yeah it, it all turns to mud when it gets warm and it starts to rain it's all mud so they can't move um so you've got that 30% of the Russian army's conscripts they don't want to be there right and then the other guys don't want to be there. So you've got that issue. Um, there's a saying that uh, that amateurs are, uh, are tacticians and professionals are uh, logisticians, or logistics. So the professional wor- worries about the logistics, and they're just not doing that. Yeah, unfortunately, at this point, if if I were him, in my military mind, you know, of all things, now it, it, he's at some point he's going to have to save face. Yeah, you need uh, to give him. A, you need to give him a win. You need to give him an out. Because if they don't, you're essentially backing a tiger into a corner. Yeah, and this tiger's got nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. And if you really think he's a madman, it's it's kind of like Kim Jong Un. Everyone thinks he's crazy. Yeah. Well. And and no one knows if he's got nuclear weapons or not. Mm-hmm. So everyone's kind of like, let's push, but not push too hard. Yeah. Right? Because we don't want him to go off the cliff and press the button. Mm-hmm. So, and the same thing is going to kind of go here. Um, because if, if Putin loses, I think he's out. I think that, I think you're looking at regime change at that yeah. point. Yeah. Because... His own people aren't really on board with this. Yeah, there. I mean, there are actual protests in Russia against this, and to protest in Russia against Putin is ballsy. Yeah, you know that gets um, you sent to Siberia real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, I think also the Russians thought that they were going to come in and be looked at as liberators, even in the the ethnic Russian populations. Yeah, they're not being seen that way, and mm. you know, it's. Because they think they're so similar, but um, and maybe in the that what a dumb Donbass. Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say dumbass, but the dumbass region, the Donbass yeah. region. Yeah. But um, like they took that pretty quick. But yeah. just outside of it, where those ethnic populations still are, they're getting held up. I think they were able to take that quick though, because they already had troops there. Yeah, like it, it was kind of like okay, we just got to go ten more feet, yeah. and we're gonna say it's ours. Yeah, and they did, and. I, I do think a part of the reason why they took that region, I mean, yeah, there were some ethnic Russians there, but they're, 
in those two states in that one region, there is a lot of natural gas underneath the mm-hmm. ground. It was another reason why they took Crimea because under the water in the economic zone that they that they receive because they have Crimea, mm-hmm. there's a lot of natural gas under yeah. those waters too. So they're getting more resources there. I think for him, the win, if they can negotiate it, and I don't, I, and I think Ukraine might be on board with this, is if Russia is allowed to annex those two provinces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ukraine loses the natural gas, um, but because those are mostly ethnic Russians anyway. By losing those two regions, the current government shores up support from people that want them there. Yeah. So essentially, you, you're you're taking out the opposition by letting someone else have them. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like, yeah, it, if uh, if uh, the United States was willing to give up New York to Canada to eliminate some Democrats, mm-hmm. you know. You essentially eliminate some opposition. It's like gerrymandering. Right, basically, yeah. <laughs> like extreme gerrymandering. Like, oh, right. you, you just don't live here anymore. <laughs> right. And, and, or, and maybe they even work something economically out, saying, look, if you ever develop those natural gas fields, mm-hmm. Ukraine gets like 20% of the revenue. Yeah. Or something. Like, they, there's, there's a deal to be hashed out here. Mm-hmm. Um, because if there isn't, I don't think, I don't think Putin stays in power. Because he's essentially revealed the cards that they don't have the military anymore. No, they have they have the stuff, they have a lot of it, they have a lot of people, but they just don't have. And it might not be a fair comparison to compare them to the U.S. military, because let's not forget the U.S. military has been in combat for the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. So even the senior officers and enlisted and senior NCOs, the the, the twenty year guys, the career guys all started in wartime. Yeah. So they've all come through. Like, the, the generals now were all second lieutenants and coming up through. So they've been nothing but combat commanders. The entire mech, you know, is geared towards combined arms warfare. The Russians have demonstrated that they can't do that. Um, there's, abs- there's, like, no command and control between the air force ground forces um i'm not sure what the russian navy's involvement has been in this so far um aside from the snake island story but who knows how true all that was well i think it's easy to take over an island when there's no navy there there's 13 guys on it um but you know that that whole thing and if you look at so i i listened to an interview it was a british pilot he was an raf guy f-35 pilot and he said, when you look at the way the Russians train, so we have aircraft, they call them AWACS, Airborne Warning uh, Control System. They're these big 707s, they have the big radars on top of them, and, and they're full of just essentially air traffic controllers that direct these these elements where to go and what to do, and make sure they're not shooting at each other. The Russians don't have that, so they've just, they do have some of it, but they're not using it. They're, or don't know how to use it. They're advanced... Um, precision-guided weapon systems aren't working very well unless they're... Why are you dropping bombs on apartment buildings? Right. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and then they're... So this British pilot was saying that, that they train a maximum of four aircraft at one time. That's, like, how they work. Well, when we have... Like, when we do, like, the, the red flag exercise, those big war games where they actually have jets in the air and stuff, there's hundreds all different types doing different things, and they just don't have it. Um, they still haven't, de- still haven't achieved air superiority in, over over Ukraine. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the biggest problem for them is they don't have stealth technology. Yeah, I mean, so, we achieved, but even so, like with, you know, in in golf, the first Gulf War, we established air dominance in like eight hours. Yeah. And not all that was stealth. Like, we had, they call them the wild weasels that were flying around knocking out radar sites. And essentially, they fly in, and they've got a, uh, I believe the missile's called an AMRAM. That's the type of missile. And essentially, it just finds the signal of the uh, radar system and just flies right down the beam and blows yeah. up when it when it hits it. So, 
they're not doing any of that. Now, the Ukrainian Air Force has pretty much been ground. They haven't really been in this fight, except for the, there's the ghost of, U- of Kiev, which turned out to be crap, too. Um, good story. I mean, I thought it was cool. Well, uh, they don't, so they don't have great airplanes in the Ukraine Army or Air Force to the point where Poland was trying to get a sale of MiGs approved. Or they weren't even selling They were going to give them to Ukraine. Yeah. And the United States said no. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of... Like, the United States is playing... They, they're they essentially saying, look, it, what are we going to do? We're going to... Cr- essentially, if you give the mix to the Ukrainians, they're going to crush the Russian Air Force. Yeah. I, and I think now that the U.S. has seen the cards being played, mm-hmm. they're like, wait a minute. If we... if if basically if NATO goes to war with Russia over Ukraine, and keep in mind Ukraine is not part of NATO, right? That would spark a larger world war. Well, and I I think what the fear is because one of the deals so the the poles have MiG twenty nines now MiG twenty now they're older MiG twenty nines are like so if it'll, by our designation to be like a MiG twenty nine F fifteen are very comparable, but it'll be like an F fifteen A. When we're flying like the F fifteen F, so that would be kind of what the um, like a first gen MiG twenty nine is what they'd be giving to the Ukrainians. Yeah, but the Poles are afraid that if they fly these jets over from Poland, that the Russians are going to interpret that as okay. Now you're now we're going to strike where these MiG twenty nines are. Well, at that point, once they strike there, that's a I guess it triggers that Article 5 part of NATO. So Poland's part of NATO, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the other idea was they were going to, the Poles were going to fly the jets to Ramstein, which is a American Air Force base. Yep. In Germany. In Germany. And then the Ukrainian pilots would go pick the jets up in Ramstein and then fly. So the Poles could say, because they both want to say, hey, it wasn't me. Right. It wasn't me. It's like when you're, you know, good cop, <laughs> bad cop. <laughs> it's like, you, remember my, uh, you remember in Goodfellas? When the truck driver, uh, the the truck driver um, goes into the diner, mm-hmm. and um, Joe Pesci and Ray Liotta go jump in the cab and, and drive it, mm-hmm. and the guy and the truck driver goes and calls the cops and, and says people <laughs> the people stole his truck. <laughs> and essentially, that's what yeah. the Poles want to do. Yeah. They're basically going to fly to Germany, leave them there. Yeah, and Ukrainians were just going to hop in a cockpit and, and take off yeah. with them, and like, oh, they took they took our planes. Oh my god, please stop them! <laughs> <laughs> but and everyone's afraid. and then the Americans don't want to do that no. because they're like, well, sh- you know, those aren't our jets, but they flew from your base, right? You know, so it's a whole bunch of like hot potato. Um, I think the one I'm not happy that it's starting to gain traction and more talking. So from the beginning, it was no boots on the ground. Um, and then they're talking about, then it starts, they, uh, Zelensky's asking for a no-fly zone. Thing is with a no-fly zone is it has to be enforced. Right. And who enforces that? We do. So now are you going to have Western NATO, and let's just be honest, American and probably British and maybe some German jets up there shooting down Russian aircraft on this no-fly zone? Um, at that point, now they're engaged. And keep in mind, we don't shoot down Russian jets when they fly over the United States airspace. Right. Like when they fly over Alaska, and they do quite often. Yeah. And we fly over their airspace. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. They, they're. I, I believe there's some kind of. Uh, shoot, I can't remember. It's like there's some, there's some agreement. Yeah. Where they're allowed to do it, but you know we scramble jets real quick. Yeah, they and then they fly up and they, they fly next to each other. And the pilots wave at each other. And, right. You know, and then they. The the usually it's like a TU ninety five or a blackjack. Well, like you know, they'll wave and then they peel off and they yeah. go about their own their own business. But so so we don't even shoot Russian jets down over our own airspace. Yeah, could you imagine if we shot one down over Ukrainian airspace? <sighs> yeah, like come on. Yeah, and that's just what what I find is more people now and are actually saying, well, no, we should probably do that. I don't think we should be doing that at all. No. Um, because it's just you're opening yourself up for so then oh well now it's no fly zone, okay well now we're gonna put advisors on the ground, okay now we have advisors on the ground now we're gonna just like Vietnam 
Vietnam started with advisors on the ground. And now we're going to start doing all this stuff. And now we're actually, now do I have confidence that the U.S. military would wipe the floor with the Russians? Absolutely. If you were to remove nuclear weapons from the equation, yeah. I mean, that 40-mile convoy, um, a couple A-10s would have just did not just annihilated that thing. You remember the highway of death out of Kuwait City? Yeah. When a, a, a flight of A-10s, some Apaches and Cobras jumped that thing, they had to order those guys to stop because even the they were like, okay, that's that, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Well, it, Russia's got a bigger problem, though, too, with their nukes. And apparently our intelligence in Russia is quite good, apparently. Mm-hmm. So they found out, yes, Russia does have nuclear weapons. We've known that for years. In fact, I think there's some reporting mechanism where they have to say how many they have and where they are. Yeah. We have to do the same for them. Um, but what they found out is that the uh, rockets for these nuclear-tipped missiles haven't been maintained. Well, it's like just like the rest of their army hasn't been maintained. Right. So as we're, whereas we, let, let's say we adhere to some schedule every two to three years, we swap out the rockets mm-hmm. to make sure they're fresh and the technology's new on them. Yeah. Whatever. You know, the nuclear warhead is a nuclear warhead, but there's something that has to push it through the air. Yeah. It's still a spacecraft. Yes. Because it goes up into, like, low orbit and then comes back down. Yeah. So, but there's, I guess they were saying there's a very real possibility where if Russia ever were to push the red button, the nuclear bomb might blow up before it left the the tube. (laughs) Just in the silo. And they might end up basically bombing themselves with a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Because of the rocket. The well, rocket would just explode and the bomb would go with it. Yeah. Well, if the, if the rest of their military is any indication of how that stuff operates, then that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's all, it's almost like you're dealing with, you're not dealing with a superpower anymore. You're dealing with a second tier military who thinks they still are a superpower. Yeah. And it's almost like, look, maybe it's like you almost want to give them a slap across the, like slap on the wrist. Like, hey, maybe go show them that they can't see us. Yeah. Like, Let's just go fly some stealth bombers over something. We'll, we'll bomb like an empty field mm-hmm. and be like, look, you didn't even see that coming. Yeah. You sure you want to do this? Yeah. And that and that's why I think eventually this, I think Putin knows this. Like there's no way he doesn't know this. Yeah. And so I think that there comes some kind of negotiated settlement here. Um. Now, I know both sides have already rejected one offer, but mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like the whole Major League Baseball thing, which, by the way, they just got an agreement done today. Oh, good. So full season is going to happen for Major League Baseball, but uh, there's a lot of rhetoric on both sides in those 99 days. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you come to an agreement and everyone's happy. Yeah. Or everyone's pissed off and then you know you got a good deal because everyone's like, – that was the old thing. If, every, if both sides walk away from the deal that's signed and everyone's pissed off, that's a good deal because <laughs> not everyone got what they wanted. Right. But for him – and this really depends on his mindset. Is his mindset that he wants to stay in power? Is his mindset that he wants to show that Russia is a superpower? Well, he lost that one already. Yeah, because so you're either going to stay in power, yeah. or you're going to push the envelope, and you're not going to be in power, or you're going to push the envelope, not be in power, and you're going to start a nuclear war. Yeah, which, which of those options would you like? Right, and and the thing is with with him, like if 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 he if you don't give him a way out, so he can save face, and then he stays there. You the Ukrainian population has shown that they're more than willing to fight this guy. Yeah, and they're very um, similar to polls that way. Yeah, the poll. The, there was a, a vice, uh, a vice, uh, vice news organization back before they got all crazy. They did an expose when they went into the in, in, into Poland. Mm-hmm. Those people will fight. Yeah, like they're ready to go. Yep, and it it's unbelievable. Like yeah. e- even like the farmer is like guns ready. Let's yeah. go. Well, and and the Ukrainians like they started arming everybody and. Ukrainian special forces are out there just effing up this Russian troops on the ground, knocking tanks out. I mean, they're, I've seen some video from Ukrainian SF and they've been training for this and like they're good. And they're just, they're, they're putting a hurting on them. If you don't give them some way, what's his next option? A, a 50 year insurgency? Like, is that what he wants to eventually? Like, how, because the thing is, there are still Russian mothers who have sons that are going and dying in this thing. And eventually, that's going to be too much for them to take. And 
how long are they going to be willing to sit there and just get get chewed up and send your kid to go die in Ukraine for what? For Putin's ego? Like, that's only going to last so long as well. So, I think, I think now... A lot of Russians are asking that, though. Like, what are, what are we doing? Yeah. And in and, and Putin's mind, it's like, well, we have to maintain... We have to maintain the power that we had in the past. And without doing this, we wouldn't be able to do that. And then everyone else is trying to say, you don't have the power. Yeah. You, you you don't have the military anymore. You just don't. And the either he didn't know what he was going to be up against and he thought we would just let him take Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Or he knew, knew he had to only go so far, could stop when he got to where he needed to go and negotiate a deal. Yeah, but he hasn't gotten there. No. And then he thinks that if he takes Kiev, that this isn't, this isn't, you know, Napoleonic war anymore. Taking the capital doesn't mean anything. Yeah. The government just moves someplace else. And yeah. then, you know, they're surrounding cities and dropping bombs on civilian populations. You, like, it's just, it's it's like amateur hour here. Yeah. You know, but it's the thing is, that's what he did in Chechnya too. Yep. But n- number one, nobody cared about Chechnya. And number two, it worked eventually. But that's still a thorn in his side. Um, Beslan School was... Chechen rebels. Yep. And they're still not happy there. But it worked there, just surrounding it. And, and But that wasn't as sophisticated as an adversary as the Ukrainians are proving to be. Well, like you said, nobody nobody cared about Chechnya. Yeah. I mean, call it what you want. I mean, don't know if it's because they were Muslims or if it's because of something else, but well, you know, nobody, and, nobody cared about it. Well, and the thing is, it's, it's you know, everyone's all fired up. And you see all these, and you know, the people with the... I stand with Ukraine, social media stuff. Get the hell out of here. No, they don't. Um, And I think most of the time what comes out of her mouth is complete garbage. But Joy Reid actually brought up a good point. She said, this has been going on in Yemen. No one cared. That's a big one. It's been going on in Chechnya. No one cared. She rattled off all these places. And then she said, what's the con? These are white Christians and those people aren't. And... There's to me like yeah, there's something to that. Like and granted, like most of the time, you know, if if Joy Reid told me it was, uh, you know, the sky was blue, I'd look up to make sure. But she makes a good point here. Like, yeah, no one cares about Yemen. Um, I, I think there's another distinction though. And don't get me wrong, she could be dead on, right? If it's, I think it's probably she's partially right. It could be, but the thing with Yemen is we're on the Saudi side. And the Saudi side is doing the atrocities. Yeah. Of course, we're not going to be upset with that, right? Right. Our pe- our boys are doing it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Brown versus brown. You know? Yeah. yeah. Or it, the Chechnya issue, though, was we were on the side of Chechnya. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're, at that time, we're like, oh, Russians are awful. Look at what they're doing to Chechnya. But they weren't going to go fight for them. No, and they weren't going to give but, them any weapons or... No, but they... But they made him seem like, yeah. oh, Russia's doing this awful thing to Chechnyans. Oh, no. Um, and, yeah, we went and helped Kuwait. But, again, that was brown on brown. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I think it depends on who's doing what to who. Yeah. Like, if Russia's doing it, we hate them. Yeah. We're, it's, that, it's that old mentality. I mean, think about it. I mean, Joe Biden's 80-something years old. We've got a bunch of these old... He grew up... I mean, we grew up... Yeah. ...with the Cold War. Yeah, a bunch of these old boomers that are in charge, and that's how... That's who the enemy was. Yeah. Was, uh, was the Russians. And now they're doing things to... But to see all the 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 celebrities and the... I can't stand that guy. I'm just waiting for, like, the free Ukraine concert. You ever see the Simpsons where they have the... All the celebrities sing, and it's like Jar Jar Binks is and things. It's just so corny. And like, I'm just waiting for that video to come out. You know who who the latest virtue signaler is? Sean Penn. Oh, really, dude? He's actually went. He went to Ukraine. It's like, bro, if you're not gonna pick up an AK and fight, get yeah. out. Yeah. Like this is not this is not Sean Penn, uh, uh, you know, book reading time. Yeah. In in, in the Ukraine. Like he's trying, he's he, he like he's literally going over there and he's trying to say, "We got to arm the Ukrainians. We have to do this." We like, dude, you don't have any clue what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't understand how nuanced this whole situation is. Yeah. Two schlubs in a basement understand the situation <laughs> a lot better than you, and we really probably don't understand the situation all that well. Right? Get out of Ukraine. 
<laughs> go back to making your next garbage movie right, that yes. nobody's going to watch. They, you and Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> Madonna made like a stupid album. Like I think her last album was like I'm Back B. Yeah. And except B was the full word. <laughs> like the disparaging word toward women that I won't use. Yeah. Nobody cared like, about that. Nobody cares that you're back. <laughs> you've you've been trying to make music like when you you made that kind of the the uh the the, the that uh what's that thing? The emo, not the emo music, the, the electronic music. Oh, like EDM? EDM. Yeah. That's it. She tried to make one of those songs. Nobody She's, cared about it. Even even those even those kids on ecstasy and all those other <laughs> drugs, they didn't want you at their party either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stop with these celebrities trying to yeah. Like, oh, we should be concerned about this. No one cares about what you're concerned about. Millionaire, go back to you. Because yeah. the second you leave Ukraine, Sean Penn, you're going to some villa somewhere. Yeah. And you're going to go live it up. Right. You don't give a crap about those people either. No, just trying to trying to get yourself some some free FaceTime. <sighs> so. I, I don't, I, these, these celebrities drive me nuts, man. I, it's like, like, like any of, like, it was kind of like when. Le- I forgot which controversy LeBron was talking about. I think it was the whole when Ibrahim Sle- Sle- oh, what is that soccer player's name? Sle- Slayton Ibrahimovic, mm-hmm. like the the big time uh, soccer player out in Europe, in Europe, was talking about some stuff, and he's like, LeBron needs to keep his mouth shut because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And LeBron was like, you know, I do my research and I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, bros, if you were the one telling Daryl Morey he didn't know what he was talking about when he was slamming the Chinese treatment of Uyghurs. But, yeah, dude, you, you did your research. How about this? How about, and everyone's like, well, if it was something you cared about, you wouldn't say shut up and dribble. You're right. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But this dude, either he's the smartest dude on earth because he's got an opinion on everything. Yeah. Or he's dumb as dirt like we all think he is. With his high school education, mm-hmm. and, and and did he really go for the education? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, your education is a basketball, Broseph. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk about anything, but dude, you talk about everything well, like you're an here, expert. And yeah, do, do your dude do your basketball thing and have your opinions and stuff. I think the difference is where people get frustrated with with the with the athletes and their opinions is that. They have such influence, and they just talk out of their out of their butt, and everyone's like, "Oh, LeBron said." I mean, if LeBron, like, I don't know what LeBron knows about, but if if LeBron came and said, "Hey, man, you really need to invest in this," like, who are you? Like, what do you know about? Like, if LeBron walked onto the flight deck of your jet and said, "Hey, I think you should do this," like, get the hell out of here! Like, what are you talking <laughs> right. about? Right, go yeah. go sit in first class yeah. and drink a champagne. Yeah, shut up. Like, but they have such, they do have this huge reach that they can go and they can influence people to do, and is their uh, opinion coming from a place of knowledge? And I, a lot of them, I say, I want to say no, yeah, but I'm not going to go and dismiss them and say, oh, shut up and dribble. No, like, no, it, it's kind of, look, if LeBron wants to tell me how the best sneakers are made, that's not, I mean, look, I'll, I might listen to him on that. Yeah. Like, that's not part of the shut up and dribble part. Yeah. It's. Look, if, if if the dude wants to tell me how to start a business, look, I'm not saying the guy's not a successful businessman. Yeah, I mean, shoot, look at Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. The guy, that guy went and bought up chain a, a whole bunch of chain of theaters. Yeah, and made millions doing that. Mm-hmm. That's not shut up and dribble. Yeah, he obviously knew what he was doing, or at least he hooked up with the people that do know. Yeah, so I'm not saying, look, dude, you got to shut up and dribble. I'm just saying, there's no shot you're an expert on all this stuff, so maybe you shouldn't talk on everything. Right now, if if like Zdeno Chara. Who, uh, I think he's playing for the Islanders now. He was playing. He was with the Bruins forever. Was he with the Caps? He was for he's a season. Like, was he like six eight? Yeah, he's, he's super tall. Like. But he's also got, like, he's a certified financial planner. He's a certified. He's uh, he has his real estate license. He speaks like eight languages. So if Zdeno Char wanted to come and say, "Hey, I think you should invest in this product," like maybe listen to him just because he knows about that, not because he's a hockey player, right? You know. But um, I'm like, hey, shut up and skate. But he's not running off at the mouth about stuff he doesn't know about. And right. I think when you when you're in that position, you should probably um, 
think like, do I really know what I'm, if I, just like with my kids, like I'm not going to tell my kid, like, you know, tell my kids a bunch of nonsense because they think I know everything. And I'm like, Hey guys, I, I don't know what I don't know. So. Well, it, a lot of people have problems saying that one sentence right there. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. Or, you know what? I don't, I don't have enough information to comment on this. Like mm-hmm. just because some dude is standing there, a reporter standing there with a camera or a microphone in your face doesn't mean you have to try and pretend like you know what's going on. Yeah. It's okay to say, look, man, I really don't know anything. I don't know anything about that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I think is like, they're asking Alex Ovechkin, like, what does he think about Like he's now Alex Ovechkin has been very verbal in his support of Putin. Um, but he came out and he's like, Hey, I, you know, I'm not, I don't know that much about it. I think war's bad on any, he gave a good, decent answer, right. but you know, now like CCM, uh, it's a big, uh, I forget who bought CCM out, but thing Nike did their big, uh, I think it was Nike or Nike did Bauer. Yeah. And then CCM, S- STX and CCM maybe. I'm, I'm I not sure. Know. Someone did, Someone but CCM is, it's the hockey brand and CCM, they, they said they're not featuring any more of their Russian players. It's like, why are you doing, you're just virtue signaling. It's an empty virtue signal. Is it even a virtue point. signal? That's like saying like every. It's like saying the citizens declared war right, on Ukraine. No, it was one dude with an army. Yeah, like this hockey player that's been that plays hockey here ten months out of twelve. Who's going to break Gretzky's record? Not going to happen. <laughs> but like saying like that dude that needs to have an opinion on this is stupid to me. Yeah, like like that'd be like me like if when we had a. Um, when we went into the Gulf War, part of me was like, I just, I don't know enough to have an opinion on this. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad. Like, don't get me wrong, though. Like, in this country, we, we've we never faced bombs coming down. No, and that's the big difference between here. So anyone who's been to Europe, if you go even to Paris, you can, there's still, in London, like, there's a train station in London where part of it's old. And then it's a weird line. And it's like, why is this part? And it fits, but it's like, you can tell it's new. Like, why is it, oh, because when the Germans were dropping bombs on London, that half of the train station was destroyed, and that is the new section they put up to repair it. You can still see it. There's people who were alive that were there. In Paris, there's a, a wall, and about, between the heights of, like, five feet, six inches, five feet off the ground to, like, six and a half feet off the ground, it's nothing but pock marks with bullet holes. You're like, what? What's that? Well, that's where the 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 uh, Gestapo used to execute members of the fresh resi- French Resistance. It's fresh. It's there. You can see it. Yep. The last time a war was fought on American soil was the Civil War, and we were fighting each other. Right. There's not been a hostile power on American soil since in in over two hundred years. And there weren't bombs. No, it wasn't jets flying over. It, I mean, it was muskets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. No jets flying over. Yeah. No air raids. And most of the people who were alive then were born as. British citizens, <laughs> subjects yeah. of the crown, you know? So they were like, oh, okay, these guys are back again. Yeah. I mean, but it, I, I find it I find it comical when you see the the Facebook virtue signaler. Yeah. With the I stand, I stand with Ukraine. Yeah. And Alex Ovechkin's a horrible person. Like, dude, what? Yeah. That'd be like saying that every citizen in a country is to blame for what the, the government and leadership does. Right. Well, all of us would be condemned. Yeah. The, again, our closet is not clean. Mm-hmm. We've done some awful stuff. Yeah. We, shoot, we dropped two atomic weapons. <laughs> we're yeah. the only country to have done that. Yep. That we know of. But yeah. we're the only country to have actually done that. Mm-hmm. And yet, again, our closet's not clean. I'm not saying, look, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything other than that. Yeah. Is that before the people of this country start saying who's who's who like wait a minute hold on a minute you know maybe we've created some enemies mm-hmm. because of the stuff that this country's done in the past yeah are we blaming the individual citizens for it no they didn't have any choice in the matter yeah they it, it's and, and, so so to blame like alex ovechkin or or the nhl cut off ties with the khl i mean is the KHL like is it Kremlin run? I don't know. Yeah, the, yeah. Who knows? I, but it's like, look, why even put out a statement? 
like for the NHL to even say they were cutting off ties with the KHL, which by the way is the Russian Hockey League, the Continental Hockey League. Yeah, it's like look, if you didn't cut off ties and didn't say anything, nobody would have known you had ties to begin with. Right. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Right. Like, hey, we had these ties and we cut them off. Right. Because they're bad. Right. Like, it, again, it's just an empty... <laughs> the hockey arenas are, are, are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> the, the people watching hockey, and those players who come over here, like... Yes. Those, those, are, those are the bad guys. That'd be like if Canada invaded a country, and the NHL was like, we're, we're cutting off ties to the OHL. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> right. What is that going to do? Right. We're upset with you. The average American doesn't know what the KHL is. No. Or the OHL. And then I love how they show the, it's the, like the Instagram post and it has like the league symbol or the company's name or whatever it is and a solemn statement. Get the, get the F out of here. <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah. I can't stand it. So. So hopefully this, uh, this episode gives you a, a little bit of, or maybe a lot of background in the, in the whole th- scenario of why this started to happen. Um, and of course we threw our own two cents in but we hope you enjoyed this episode if you have any comments feel free to leave them if they're nice <laughs> all the bad comments can go away though but we'll just delete those too. yeah we'll just they, they know they didn't exist um yeah we hope you like this episode please like subscribe comment share again please please share this podcast with a friend uh send them to the dumb idea podcast.com um have them click on the, one of the subscribe buttons so they can listen to some episodes and hopefully uh, they enjoy it as much as you do. So that's our, our our one request for this week. Please share this podcast with a, with a friend or coworker or anyone else you feel might enjoy it. And we will see you real soon.